Shaq, let's just say that a uh, snake bit your mom right up here, right in the chest area. Would you be willing to suck the venom out to win the title? No, but I will with your wife. Hello and welcome to the Pick and Roll Podcast. I'm Bill Golden. Alongside me, as always, is Kevin McLernan. We're joined today by two special guests who are on the preseason pod. Shane Roxbury and Mike Byrne are with us today. How you guys doing? Good. Feeling good. Feeling what good up, about what up? Uh, feeling, feeling good. Feeling good about our predictions from the, uh, from the preseason podcast. And, I'm not uh, feeling so good about my predictions, <laughs> but we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, Kev's, uh, Kev's got some uh, embarrassing predictions that we've had. We'll get into that a little bit later in the pod. Uh, just, just seeing Mike's sweatshirt, today's a rough day for us, but it was a hell of a run for the Eagles. Uh, honestly, I thought we were going to do it again on that last drive. Ball goes through Alshon's hands. It's just one of those crazy things, but we are still the Super Bowl champions for now for a couple more weeks, so we got to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, let's get into the pod. Uh, let's start with the MVP race. It's really heating up right now. Uh, a lot of different names in the mix right now, but with what Harden's doing, especially the past few games, he seemed to have taken the number one spot. Who do you guys got in the front of that right now? I have Jokic probably number one, him and Giannis one at one and two. Um, I guess it kind of s- switches every day for me, depending on how the teams do. But, uh, I mean, the nuggets being that high, I think Jokic, uh, has to be in the conversation. I, it's between Harden and Giannis for me, and I, uh, I think if you asked me like yesterday morning, I, I would I'd say Giannis, and then last night um, I watched Harden score another forty-eight points. Um, so I'm gonna go James Harden and then Giannis. Yeah, for me it's not even close. I think Harden is is just a runaway right now. Um, I mean, just what he's doing is, is crazy. His usage is just unbelievable and I always have trouble with this award because like is it most valuable most outstanding but in terms of you know value to the team like he is doing everything for them on offense like he scored I think I saw a stat he scored 165 points in the last three games and none of them are assisted like he's just doing everything himself so for me this this long streak you know he's in the lead but I mean maybe when Chris Paul comes back or something like that you know his usage will go down but you know, I just think that his numbers are just absurd. Yeah, I mean, this is usually an award that um, it, it's hard to figure out. Like you said, Mike, uh, it's usually just like, what's the best story? And right now it seems to be hard. And it's interesting, though, because you like traditionally, if, if you don't go off of that theory, usually it's like the best player on the best team or the team with the best records. And the Warriors are kind of out of that because of how many good players they have. It would be Jokic and Giannis, you would think, as one, two, like Kev said. But honestly, I think if the season ended today, the award would go to Harden just because of the story, like you said, with the usage, which will probably go down when Paul returns. Um, Basketball Reference has a probability tracker that has Giannis ahead of Harden right now somehow. Um, He's averaging 35, almost 36 a game, which is the highest. I think I don't think Kobe, the year he got robbed by Nash, was 35 points. I don't think it was 35.7. So I don't know when the last time somebody averaged that many points. Do you guys know off the top of your head by any chance? 
That's a new statistic too, isn't it? Oh, I just met. I just met points per game. Thirty-five points. Oh, <laughs> brand new, brand new. <laughs> this yeah. year, new analytics. You know. Uh, I thought you meant use. No, I, I'm looking up. Kobe did it once in 2006, 2005, and 2006. What was his yeah, average that year? Do you know? 35.4. Yeah. So this is right now at 35.7, which will go down when yeah. Paul returns. But this has got to be the highest in a really, really long time. Um, and then reference has uh, Le- Kawhi Leonard, who no one's talking about, Anthony Davis, Durant and Curry, Jokic at seven, which seems absurd. Uh, Embiid and then LeBron at nine. The thing about LeBron, and I know I, 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 I always have to bring LeBron up in these things, but if you look at the Lakers when he's playing versus when he's not playing, I mean, you can see how valuable he is to that team. They're 25 and 22 right now, but they're four and six in their last 10. I, I think he should be higher than ninth. Do you guys disagree with that? He's missed too much time. What does he miss? 10 games? I mean, yeah, out of 40 some games, it's a lot. That's fair. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's an argument um, that you see there's, there's guys like LeBron and Anthony Davis who uh, they're not as high on the MVP list as far as most lists go. But these are guys that have real like on off differences that like guys like um, the Warriors, you know, don't have. And and I would say even Giannis, right. Um, Walk kind of built up that system. Um, the Raptors, same thing with Kawhi, right? They, they're in the eight, nine deep. They kind of sub him out and they keep plug and playing. But the guy like Anthony Davis, the, the on off numbers of Anthony Davis are atrocious this year. And Embiid's are obviously Embiid. That's the story with the Sixers and Embiid every year. And I mean, I think a, a big thing this year is like the, the level of play, I feel like, from, from the stars is pretty unprecedented. Like, you know, we gloss over the Warriors, but like Steph Curry's having roughly like pretty close to the statistical season where he just lit the league on fire, like almost the same amount of points, threes. Like it's, it's just crazy that he's not even, you know, in our top few that we're discussing, like, you know, Kawhi's missed 10 games, but he's been awesome. Like, you know, it's just, I feel like there's so many good players at the top this year, like Paul George stepping up and and like, obviously there's a lot of the usual suspects, but um, you know, I, I just think the, the separation between the superstars and that next level is, is kind of dissipating as more and more guys, um, you know, kind of reach that height. And if you told me the Pacers would be the third seed, I would assume old Depot would be having a better year, but they're just kind of overall playing well. Yeah. I think that's something we should talk about when it comes to coach of the year, but we'll get into that later. Um, j- just cause burn mentioned the warriors, Steph Curry right now is as having a 50, 40, 90, but it's not even close. He's shooting 54, Percent uh, from two, uh, 45 percent from three, ninety-two percent from the line, and then Durant is having a fifty-fifty ninety, shooting. Uh, let's see, I'm sorry, he's shooting thirty-eight percent from three. My bad. Yeah, but, yeah. But still, like ninety uh, percent from the line, fifty-five percent from two, and then thirty-eight point four, which I could see him getting to uh, forty, um, possibly by the end of the year. So yeah, I mean, those are two guys that it's just unfair because of how many good players they have that they just can't, there's no way for them to get into consideration, but I agree with what you're saying. Like the level of play from the superstars is absurd. And then this is crazy too. And I don't think any of us think he should be in the MVP conversation, but it's crazy to think that somebody's averaging a triple double and is, is not even close to being considered in the MVP <laughs> race. And, and is honestly like a borderline all-star. Yeah, like, because the West is just so heavy. Like, you know, I would put him in, but you could definitely have arguments where he doesn't make the All Star team, which is absurd. I, I don't think he should. 
He's yeah. shooting 41%. I mean, that's pretty bad. Very bad. Yeah. Some of these West spots. Um, uh, do we have uh, the all-star spots on the docket? I could pull it up. Um, it's absurd. I hate that the fans, fans could vote for this. Some of the West spots are really hairy. Like, how do you pick three forwards between AD, KD, LeBron, um, Paul, George. Paul George, and Jokic? You know, ha- how, do you, how do you pick three of those five? Tell me how. And it's it's just forwards, right? Or it's just big men. It's not centers anymore. There's no centers. So Jokic yeah. is it really really gets does a disservice by getting put in the same group. But the All like, NBA team is a center, right? Yes. Yeah, All yep. NBA does center, it's which you know we use these metrics as like we equate these metrics all across the board, and like we're not even voting on the same shit half the time. Yeah. Yeah. So for the front court uh, in the Western Conference, LeBron's one. As Kevin mentioned, he's been out ten games, but obviously he deserves to be in. Uh, Luka Doncic or Doncic is number two, which uh, look he's having a great year. You know I love the guy. We can talk about him later, but that's absurd. George three, Jokic is seventh right now. Kuzma's behind him. Stephen Adams is in front of Jokic, so it's because he plays in Denver. Um, but that guy, I mean, the pass he made earlier this year down the court that was incredible. But it's just this is why fans shouldn't vote on this stuff. Derrick Rose is second for guards in the West. I mean, he's in front of Harden. I mean, you know, it's just. I love Rose too, and this comeback is awesome. But this is absurd. Hey, they both had the same number of MVPs. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Let's let's not get into all that. All right. Um, I guess we can move on. There's tons to talk about with that, and I, I'm really interested to see how that plays out. It should change a lot uh, in the coming months. But this is just one of the most fascinating stories. Uh, Kyrie Irving apparently called LeBron James and there's just so many ways to dissect this what are your guys takes on this this is just crazy he called LeBron to apologize what are your guys thoughts on this I think the weird part about it is that we know that he called him like why is Kyrie leaking this story that he called LeBron like it's just so strange to me that we know this there's just so many ways to dissect this like why is it out in the first place and and who who has anything to gain from this? Uh, you know, definitely not the Boston Celtics. Um, but you know, it, I, I I I like understand the whole yeah. You know, yeah, you know, it's crazy to see you know, where you were two years ago. And now you now you're complaining about the same thing that you were you were the you know you're the one complained about. But um, confusing all around. I mean. To me, it's like he's just so passive aggressive. Like that's ridiculous. If I was one of his teammates, I would be friggin' pissed. Especially like he had that at the end of that game the other day where Hayward inbounded it to to Tatum on the baseline. Kyrie's freaking out at people. Like if I were on his team, I would hate him. Like that's clearly a shot at the teammates. Like there's no need for him. If he'd won, if he did it, there's no reason to tell the media about it. And two, like I don't know. I it's not like the Celtics like suck and the young guys are good. I mean, they just must hate him. I, I would really, really hate him if I was on the team. And like, I was a Kyrie fan for years and like, I'm, I'm totally off of him. Yeah. The, the quote here at the end, LeBron was one of those guys who came to Cleveland and tried to show us how to win a championship. And it was hard for him in this last part. And sometimes getting the most out of the group is not the easiest thing in the world. That is clearly a passive aggressive shot at his teammates. And this comes off uh, him calling out his teammates, I think, a couple of days before that uh, to the media as well. And it just makes no sense. Like Mike's saying, like the team is, is played pretty good. As a matter of fact, adding him in Hayward has seemed to put them 
backwards a little bit, if anything, you could argue. I, I don't think anyone would really argue that, but the way they're playing, the, the statistical facts, the record all points that way. And the problem is, is how far they got last year. And I think we all agreed that secretly Kyrie might have been wishing that they didn't do as well as they did last year because of this exact thing. He left Cleveland to be the man, and then they go as far as they did to Game 7, almost went to the NBA Finals last year without him. It shows that maybe they don't really need him that much, and I think he hates that because he left Cleveland to be this guy. And I think the whole call on LeBron thing was, honestly, he did. I don't even think he meant that. I think he just did it just so that he could say that stuff in the media and then get a reaction and call his teammates out passively, aggressively. It's kind of pathetic. Yeah, yeah and it's weird. Go, go ahead, go. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it seems like he's just trying to prove a point, like Byrne said. Like, his teammates must just hate him. Like, because he's, he's trying to make a point, but doing it so passively. I agree. And I've, I've been listening. I mean, I've listened to the people talk about this, and um, it seems like anybody's either one way or, you know, they're either on Byrne's side of it or they're just kind of like, oh, this is just the, you know, the modern, you know, content creation kind of world we're living at right where you don't really know if anything's genuine um because so many things can just be put out there so quickly uh but people are talking and they're like oh you know i really anticipate Kyrie come still coming back to the to the celtics i do not i mean he has a player option this year which is you know 15 million dollars under what he's going to get on the open market and i mean is there anything tying him to Boston besides the, I mean, besides the fact that they're a contender and they have a good coach, but when you're a player like Kyrie Irving, um, I'm pretty sure you can, you can have that pick, right? You can have your pickup coach and pick where you want to play and pick a contender. You can join a contender. You can make a contender. Yeah. And too, if the teammates hate all hate him, like do the Celtics want to bring him back with a massive deal when they have all these picks, like, you know, you would think they'd want to keep him, but if it's team chemistry thing, you know, they, they might not want to throw a max contract at him. And the other thing too, like that I, and I'm never like, never been a huge LeBron guy, but like Kyrie's acting like he like won that championship. Sure. He had that huge shot over Curry to win that championship. Like, it's not like him and LeBron were one, a one B like it was LeBron was the man and Kyrie was the supporter. Like he hasn't carried a team. He hasn't been the leader taking a team to a championship before. And he's Mm -hmm. acting like he's done it. Like, I think that's a difference. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, that's the reason that he went there, you know, because it wasn't 1A, 1B. And because of how much of the credit LeBron got, deservingly so, I think that's what pushed him to try to go somewhere else where he thought he could be the guy who would carry the team, like you're saying, Mike. And what's interesting for the Celtics is the Anthony Davis stuff, because it seems like they want to get him. And the only way to do so is they, they can't have Kyrie at the same time, I believe, if my understanding is correct. So I, I'm with you guys. They might just let him go and then and then go ahead, Shane. Am I, am I not right they about can, that? They can do it. They can't do it until Kyrie is off of the current deal. So they can't trade for him right now. They can make it happen in the offseason, okay. but they can't do it right now. Um, which, I mean, if they want to do it right now, if they want to do it before the Los Angeles Lakers, um, that might not be – I mean, I know we're, not, we're, we're three weeks away from the trade, day, trade deadline. I'm not trying to say that the Celtics are going to trade Kyrie Irving and get Anthony Davis, but it's something to think about where they can't get the two of them right now at the same time. And I know the Lakers aren't going to waste any time in, in trying to get him. And the, the Celtics have made it known that for years that they were planning on trying to get him. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's the other thing to consider is what they want to do with that. Uh, I guess if they could get them both, they'd probably rather that. But I know Kyrie's not going to be down for that because then it's going to become Anthony Davis's team. So I think Kyrie in the offseason is going to be one of the more interesting people to watch. Obviously, a, a lot's going to happen this offseason, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, let's hop to uh, some midseason awards. Um, 
I don't have Kev. Do you happen to have the uh, the award predictions from everybody by any chance? I uh, don't, but I mean, Burn Burn didn't make any, yeah. uh, and Shane picked Embiid for MVP. <laughs> That's all I remember. Okay, he's like third, not too bad. I, I do have a I do have a a bad call from. Uh, I know Kev's going to call me out later, but Kev has Stanley Johnson as most improved player, <laughs> and he's been garbage. And actually, Trey Young has more offensive rebounds than Stanley <laughs> Johnson this season. So um, I'm going to you know take my shot at Kev before he takes one of me later. So. I just going to throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, it was, was not a good take there. Uh, we already talked uh, MVP. I had LeBron. That's obviously not going to happen. And I had Giannis second, I think. Um, not sure why I put LeBron first when I really thought it was going to be Giannis. Um, but it, it may end up being Giannis or Harden probably. Um, let's go to Rookie of the Year. I'm pretty proud of this call. I said it would be Doncic by a mile. And I think that's accurate. you guys disagree? I picked Kevin Knox. So I'm just going <laughs> to shut up on this one. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I picked Luca. Um, if I didn't, I picked Aiton, and it's not even like it's a bad pick. Like if Luca wasn't around, we'd have so many rookies to salivate over, right? Like DeAndre Aiton is awesome. Jaron Jackson Jr. looks like like the forward of the future. Trey Young is even good. Like I know he's shooting low, but it look you can see the potential. Like these players are picking up the game so freaking quick now. Um, but we can't even focus on that because Luka Doncic is Luka Doncic. Yeah, I love Luca. That's all I have to say about it. I guess we're all in agreement that it's a runaway then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, next up, I guess, would be Defensive Player of the Year. Um, a lot of people have Paul George. I think I, I might agree with that. The other people in the in the race seem to be Embiid and Gobert. I'm going to give a shout-out to my boy Rocco. I think he has done a lot, especially when he first got there in Minnesota. Um, he's not going to get into that conversation, but I figured I'd throw him out on the pod because he's just amazing and I love him. It was great on national television how they were talking about Miles Turner being a defense player of the year candidate, and then Embiid just tore him up with mm-hmm. a man back. It was amazing. So I think he's uh, out of that conversation now, if he ever was technically <laughs> in it. I picked Gobert, though, and uh, I mean, boring pick. He's probably going to be in the conversation, probably won it this year. Interesting about Rocco. I mean, he, I, I think he, he, you know, he missed a little bit of time and the wolves, obviously they started winning when they first got, when the, when I right after the Jimmy Butler trade. And I think if that kept going, you would have a little bit more of an argument. He'd have a little bit more of an argument. And also he's the second, he's clearly the second best wing defender in this class. Paul George has been awesome. And I, I think I would agree. I, I you got to get Paul George his due, his due. Last year, he really stepped it up on OKC. And then this year is the reason why they're, you could say the reason why, they're so good is because Paul George is really bringing it on both ends this year. Yeah. I would, I would actually go with Gobert. I, I always tended to give a little bit more credit to the big guys, um, especially in the regular season. I, I think the Gobert just, I mean, his impact on, on that team, like the jazz, I mean, defensively, a lot of their guys aren't great defenders. Um, like, you know, Donovan Mitchell's not a great defender. Like Rubio's gets a lot of steals, but he's not like locked down and they can just filter that whole, um, that defense towards him. And he's, he's pretty good switching out on, uh, guards too. So, um, I'd give it to him just because I don't think anyone else is running away with it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's been the default, uh, stance from the media the past few years. Um, it just seems like Kevin said, like, it doesn't seem like he's going to win it this year because, 
there's some other people that are in the conversation, whereas usual, usually I think it, there, there isn't. I mean, there's always somebody in the conversation, but no, no one really is in, always like at any point in front of him, whereas I think Paul George is seen as in front of him right now. So I think if George keeps it up this way, he'll probably get it. So Shane, you voting for George as well? Is that, was that who you'd pick right now? Paul George. Yeah, okay. for sure. I, I'm with Paul George. All right, cool. Just want to get that down. All right, and then for Coach of the Year, um, I think this is going to be Budenholzer. Um, but for me, it would definitely be Budenholzer. Um, I had Brad Stevens down. That's definitely not going to happen. But um, what do you guys think? I mean, there's always a, a couple good options. Budenholzer, obviously, if they stick as the number one or number two seed, I think he's definitely the front runner. Um, but I mean, it always goes to the surprise teams. So you got to keep an eye out for like the Kings, the Pacers, if those teams keep doing what they're doing then. Um, and the nets too. I mean, surprisingly, uh, I mean, if all those teams keep doing what they're doing, their coaches are going to be in the conversation. Um, I think, uh, I would say Budenholzer, um, Milwaukee looks like a well-oiled machine. Um, and you got to give him his props. Also Mike Malone, um, the way that they've been able to, uh, incorporate Jokic, um, and just do everything through him and put him in an MVP season, even picking up on the defensive end. Right. Um, and Jamal Murray, you know, Jamal, a lot of Jamal Murray's growth. I can, you know, you could say putting him in him in the right position. He made a pretty big jump this year. So I would say between the two, that would be my, uh, my East and West picks, but then I would probably have to get the boot holding. Yeah, I'm the same. I was going to say the same thing about Malone, um, just the way he's been able to run that offense through Jokic. Um, I think he's made a lot of improvements over previous years, but um, you know, the Bucks are just a, a different animal this year, especially offensively. So, like you guys all said, I think Budenholzer is pretty solid in the lead of everyone else right now. Yeah, I think uh, I, I want to give some props to Malone as well. I mean, they they had the best record in the West for a while. Um, I think that run is probably over now. Uh, but th- if they keep playing this way and get one of the top three or four seeds, it's going to be interesting to see if they, the media won't give it to him. Um, but like Kev said, if Milwaukee ends up with the one or two seed, I think they'll probably he'll probably get it. Um, with the Kings coach, I don't think the Kings can can get it if they don't make the playoffs, right? I mean, can they give a coach of the year to a team that doesn't make the playoffs? There's no way, right? They can do whatever they want, but he won't get it. <laughs> I mean, I can honestly see it, though. Like, if they have a winning record, like, if it's one of those things, I mean, they have a winning record now. If they win 49 games and still don't make the playoffs, I could see him getting it. I mean, because that's just – I mean, their win improvement would be absurd from last year. So I, I could see it happening. How many games did the Kings win last year? Ooh, I'll look it up. Not a lot, but I guess this is a good time to bring up the, uh, the, the <laughs> burn take. Um, the under over for the Kings was 26, and Mike Byrne took the under. They are currently at 24 wins. <laughs> hey, All right, man, in my defense. You could almost lose In out. my defense. In my defense, in the pot, I said the only reason I'm taking the under is because I don't want to get burned by the Kings over. <laughs> So, you know what? It was a principle. It was it had to be broken at some point. It's like the Patriots. Hopefully they lose today. You, you go with them until they lose. I'm, I went against the Kings until they proved me wrong. It served me right for many years. Don't regret it. It wasn't a good pick, but you know what? I stuck to my guns. Uh, Kings won 27 games last year, just to follow up with that. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's safe to say you didn't get burned by the over, Mike. <laughs> Probably safe. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's no move on for to Nick Nurse on this. The, the Raptors coach, even yeah. it, the Raptors have to be the first team that is the first, like a number one seed that gets rid of their best player and their coach. 
who won coach of the year. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But they also got a better player and a better coach or or better player and equal coach. Maybe like, uh, they, they really did upgrade and they had, I mean, he he deserves some uh, credit for making guys like Siakam play out of their shoes. Um, which I'm sure his name will come up again in the podcast. Uh, but I would, I'd say he, he more inherited his wealth than, uh, than some of these other guys. All right. Since you brought Siakam up, I guess we'll do, uh, most improved player. Uh, I think it's Siakam this year, and I, I, I don't think it's close. What do you guys think? I'm going to stay Stanley Johnson. I'm going to stick to my guns. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Stanley Johnson, and then probably second place Siakam. He's just been amazing this year. Um, basically the best player on the team when Kawhi doesn't play. Um, yeah, I, I, sometimes I hesitate to give it to uh, – give it to the players who, who are like younger, um, only because like sometimes you chalk it up to like, uh, to normal progression. So guys like uh, Siakam and Josh Richardson, right. Well, we all, we all kind of saw the potential, but now it's like actualizing. Um, so I was tempted to give it somebody like Jamal Murray who did make a jump and he's a little bit later in his career, a little bit older. Um, but I think I'm going to go Siakam just because I love everything that he does in the court. And I really want him. I love that man on the Sixers. He just looks like a basketball machine. Um, and I'm going to give it to Pascal. He's playing crazy. And he's the re- one of the reasons why the Raptors, um, the Raptors are able to do what they do, even when Kawhi's not on the court. Yeah. I, I have the same hesitation sometimes with, with the younger guys, but, um, you know, I, I think this year really everyone who's, you know, in the running is kind of a young class of, of player. I'm actually going to go with De'Aaron Fox. Um, you know, I I'm probably overcompensating for my bad, Kings pick, but you know, I think the way that he's been able to, to bring out, like, you know, it looks like Kings are on pace to win 20 plus more games. Um, you know, I'm buddy Heald's made a jump too, but they ha- didn't add any like big time players that would account for that jump. Um, you know, he, you know, I think it's a cliche type thing, but he really does bring an energy to that team. Like if you watch them play, he just runs for days. He's in people's grill. Um, you know, he's better I, I, than Donovan Mitchell. He's, I, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd argue with that. I mean, his, his impact goes a little bit beyond the numbers. Um, you know, I, I think Siakam's a, you know, a very deserving candidate too, but, but I would give Fox the, the win right now. Yeah. So, uh, Fox last year, 11 and a half points, three rebounds ish, four and a half assists this year, 17 and a half points, three and a half rebounds, a little over seven assists. So clear improvement in all areas. Interestingly enough, Pascal Siakam and Jamal Murray have been in the league the same number of years. Uh, Murray's uh, slight improvement in every category. Siakam's jumped from, uh, he's pretty much doubled his scoring average, uh, two and a half more rebounds and about an assist more per game. Um, But again, a lot of that has to do with the minutes he's playing. Uh, He started five games last year. He started 46 out of 47 this year. So that, that so that's why I went with it. Fox. That's why I went with Fox is like his numbers are pretty similar. His minutes per game are pretty similar to last year. So it's not, you know, increased opportunity thing. It's just better playing. But, you know, obviously Siakam's getting more opportunity because he improved. Um, but just a couple of things there. Yeah, that's that's a good Buddy point. Heedle, averaging 20 plus and shooting like 46% from three. Who's this, Buddy, you said? Yeah, Buddy. That was my boy a couple years ago. It looks like uh, he may end up panning out. I was a little nervous about that f- for a while. But, uh, yeah, I mean. Props to guys like John Collins, too, and Julius Randle. They're really stepping up, yeah. too. There's a lot of guys you could put in this, which which makes it a really a really good year. Just like you said, like the star production is great. It feels like every sixth man and every most improved candidate averaging like 
18 and nine and like shooting 37% from three. Justice Winslow having a uh, quite a good year down in Miami since uh, Dragic got hurt though. Playing that point guard position. Yeah, it seems like uh, we've we've definitely moved fully into like uh, almost positionless NBA. I mean, we had been getting there, but if you have Winslow playing the point, I mean, that's that's all the way there. I think. Um, then so I- the the Rockets the Rockets starting lineup, I think it was last night, had two point guards, a shooting guard, and two small forwards. That that's what they were lifted. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, we're we're moving to an NBA where we're just gonna we're soon just gonna get five players from six five to six ten who can play both end both ways and, sh- and shoot really far out. Yeah, I think it I think it pretty much started with the Warriors. They'll probably get the credit for that that shift. Um, when the All NBA teams will shift to not needing a center to be included, we'll see because that's just ridiculous. But anyway, uh, I think the only category we haven't touched on is most improved. I'm going to give a shout-out to my boy, Dinwiddie. Uh, and the Nets, obviously, you know, playing pretty well and way better than probably any of us had thought hey, they would. You're talking six, you're talking six man? Uh, yeah, sorry, six man. Yeah. My bad. Um, yeah, he's just he's been unbelievable. And the other guys in the conversation, I would say, is Derek Rose uh, and then and Sabonis has been pretty good. Uh, it would be cool if, if Rose won that. Um, I've been a big hater of Rose, but uh, he's, been, he's been really good this year. What about Lou Williams? I, love I mean, he's always in the conversation. Yeah. And, I mean, the Clippers are a great story this year. They're playing great. Uh, did not expect them to be as high as they are in the Western Conference. But three games, and they're, like, out of the playoffs. So that's how close the West is. I'm going to give it to Sabonis. Um, he's coming off the bench, and their bench isn't anything to, to glare at. And he's bringing it on both, both sides, too. He's scoring. He's shooting well. He's playing defense. He's bringing the whole defense of that of that bench up. So I'm going to give it to Sabonis. Sabonis. Yeah, you guys know I love the Pacers. Um, I'm giving it to Sabonis too. I was I was the only person to take the Pacers over. Um, you know, in the podcast, and their over was um, 47 and a half. They're already at 30, so I'm feeling good about that one. Um, you know, he he gives them a lot of flexibility because he can play the five because he's so strong and can also play the four. He's he's a really good passer next to uh, Turner. So I like him and, and I did think about Lou Williams too. And then I'd say my other candidate was Montrezl Harrell, who's putting up like a double double on the bench there too for the Clippers. So I couldn't really decide which one of them is the sixth man, right? They have like two six men. So I just disqualified both of them because one of them's the seventh. Um, <laughs> so, so I just defaulted as a bonus there. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I, the problem again with Williams, just like it is with Gobert, I, I find it very similar because Williams is always in the conversation. So I, I think when there's a year where there's some other guys in it that you could that might, might have a better argument for six man, it, it's just not going to go to Lou Williams probably no matter what he he does. Um, just because like again, he's like the default answer most years. But I mean, I think you know just going through all these awards, like there's a, they're all pretty close. It's hard to really predict. Uh, even at the mid-season point, other than Rookie of the Year. I mean, these races could go any way. It's, it's kind of crazy. So I looked at uh, the minutes for Harrell and Lou Williams to decide who was the sixth man, and they both played 25 and a half minutes. <laughs> <laughs> the so, six and a half men. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, I feel like um, it, it's hard for that with that one. Um, all right, so... We can do some updates to our predictions now from uh, before the season. I know Kev has some uh, stuff he wants to call us out on, so I'll, I'll throw it to you, Kev. Let us let us know how bad we we predicted stuff. 
Yeah. I mean, there were some bad ones. Uh, I would say the Kings one (laughs) is probably the worst since they're about to break it already. Um, for see the Grizzlies, Shane and I took the over, which like 10 games ago was looking solid, but I think they're like one in 10 in their last 11 games. (laughs) So they might try to tank and not get to that 34 and a half, even though they were like 19 and 17. Yeah, this is where um, Conley and uh, Gasol are meeting with the front office, and one or possibly both of them can even be out uh, by the deadline, which is crazy. I mean, that's fifty-five million dollars and like twelve years of your franchise that you're just moving on from, and, and you're doing it in a span of two weeks. It's going to be interesting to see. But continue, please. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Gasol has a player option for like twenty-five million dollars, and why would he not take that? Because he's not going to get that on the open market. So. I mean, he's going to take that and stay in uh, Memphis for another year. Uh, um, let me get in real quick on this. Uh, I, I'm, I was definitely nervous earlier in the year. This, this, uh, obviously, I, if you remember, I put half of my bank account and advised others to do so on the under. Uh, these last 10, 11 games have been great. Um, and the talks of Gasol and Conley with, with the front office makes me feel good as well. But I'm, I'm still a little nervous about that. Got a lot of money on the line. Just wanted to throw that out there. Well, I guess it depends how big your bank account is. <laughs> and true. speaking on speaking on the bank account, I will say Bill and I agreed that we should mortgage our houses on the bucks over, and you guys took the under, so that was a big win for Bill and I. Yes, it was. Yeah, it all needed about sixteen more wins to get that over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's forty eight. They're at thirty three right now. So that half that half my money in my bank account is looking pretty good right now. Yeah, I'm about to get a vacation house and everything. It's gonna be nice. Uh, another one, uh, Bill and Shane took the over on Chicago, I believe. And that was a 30 wins and they're at 10. (laughs) But on the flip side, me, Bill and Shane took the over on Cleveland at 30 and a half and they're at nine. Kevin Love being out really hurts that. Cavs were a lock to being under. I couldn't believe that that you guys took the over there. But Jr. hasn't thrown any soup yet, so we'll see. I don't think four Kevin Loves could get them over that. <laughs> yeah, it looks like Mike is um, uh, pretty good at predicting who was going to be absolutely terrible. But yeah, those those are not going to turn around. I mean, those teams both are clearly tanking. Okay, well, if you say Mike's so good, he said, <laughs> he said one of his biggest locks is the Washington <laughs> yeah. Wizards. Yeah, 45 and a half wins, and uh, they're at 19 and 26 right now. Oh, convenient. Yeah, you left yourself out, Kevin. Didn't you also take the over on that? I did, yes. Okay. But I did I did say it was going to be a big lock. I, it's funny. I took. I, I said the Celtics were going to challenge for the, one of the best records, too, so – um, you know, it's, it's funny, like growing up, I was always somebody who was like really into like, you know, team chemistry and stuff like that. And I guess in my old age, I've just been all about talent and just totally ignored that those two teams are train wrecks. So, um, we have to keep that in mind in future seasons. Uh, did I take that Celtics under all of us took the over on the Celtics 59 wins? Damn, man. I'm disappointed yeah. with myself. <laughs> Also, Shane tried to push with Milwaukee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bill did not let him do that. So I'm he went under. Yeah, I'm still playing for that book. <laughs> um, yeah, there were, there were only a couple that we all agreed on. The Hawks have been winning lately, so they might get to that 23 and a half. They're at 14 right now. We all took the under. Celtics, we all took the over at 59. Detroit, 38 and a half. We all took the over, which that's looking a little dicey. Yeah. 
the Knicks, we all took the under at 29 and a half. They're at 10, which we're all going to get that right. Yeah, and then we all took the over for the Spurs at 43 and a half. They're at 27 and 20. Which uh, wasn't looking good for a while. I mean, that, that at the beginning of the year, I mean, I guess you could have said that we all knew that Pop was just going to figure it out. Um, but for a while, yeah, they were, they were really struggling. They've been coming off. They've been, they've been steadily playing better and better. Yeah, and, and throwing some props Bill's way. Bill was the only one to take the over for the Clippers, who are at 37, and they have 24 wins right now. And then the uh, the Blazers as well, who they have tw- 28 wins right now, and their over was 42. Um, so Bill had a couple a couple good ones that, that none of us had there. But then to knock him down a little, he took the over on the Phoenix 29 wins. So. <laughs> and said Booker was going to be a top five scorer. So yeah. neither of those is looking good. Bill, Somebody I don't understand it. who you thought was going to be at the bottom of this of this league. <laughs> I, I just don't think, you think the Cavs, the Suns, <laughs> all over, all over. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, I had Brooklyn under, uh, the Knicks under. Yeah, so. Kevin, Kevin, and I had both had the Brooklyn over, and we both really liked them, and uh, and that's going to hit easily. They have 24 wins now, and their their over was only 32. But I could I could easily see their their season going in opposite direction. I think Shane mentioned it that they should just tank and because it's the first draft pick they have in like the last ten years. That's yeah. their own. That's I true. Think they can, I think they can sell high a lot of those players. A lot of those players are playing really well. Um, so, but no, I, I would imagine that they're gonna they're just gonna they're gonna push for they're gonna try their best to push for a playoff spot. And oh yeah, at this point, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no catching those guys at the bottom. I don't know if you guys saw. I think it was the Bulls missed like six layups in a row. Did you guys <laughs> see that? <laughs> very no. Very impressive tanking. Uh, but yeah, I mean the Knicks, <laughs> Bulls, Cavs, ten, ten, nine wins, and then the Suns with eleven. I think those four. It's gonna be hard to catch them. Atlanta only has 14 wins, so maybe they could get down there, but that that'll be tough. But yeah, as far as the Nets, I mean, it's it's too late. They're they're just gonna have to go for it. But good for them. I mean, it's it's nice to have conversation about the Nets and not want to pull your hair out. You know, that actually uh, have some players that look like they're decent and they're gonna have draft picks going forward. So maybe they'll maybe they will finally turn it all the way around. We'll see. And I know we've talked about them a couple of times, but I just want to. The Pacers got a lot of hate in that predictions podcast from all three of you guys. And they're just back. They're ahead of your Sixers. I love the Sixers too. I took the under there, which is, is not looking the greatest for the Sixers, but um, the Pacers are awesome. I don't know why you guys hate them. I don't know. I, I really don't. Yeah. I mean, I think Shane mentioned it, that he's just tired of them being mentioned with with the Sixers and now they're actually ahead of the Sixers on in the standings, but the Sixers showed them up the other night. So it's all good. Come on. Shit. No, 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 you, you understand what I'm saying. Do we? I mean, they're, they're the three seed right now. They're ahead of Philly and they're ahead of Boston. I, I don't know. I don't see them finishing ahead of Philly or Boston um, at the end of the year. Again, we'll see. And you know, I might be wrong. Just as I was wrong about a bunch of those takes, but, um, and you know what? And I, I mean, and they're actually even doing this at, despite, uh, all depots, um, like utmost health and production. Um, but they still have a lot of money tied up in the cap and they don't really have any of those young, like besides all depot, they don't really have any of those dynamite young assets. That's kind of what I mean. Like, I, I just don't think their future, I mean, they're, they're obviously the same level, I'd say you could say the same level play as the Celtics or the Sixers, but the the future outlook is, is what I is kind of what I mean by that. 
Yeah, I mean, when you look at the Sixers, obviously they have three, it seems like three superstar-level players. The Celtics, it's kind of hard. It, it goes up and down. You know, the young guys, I mean, especially Tatum looks oddly very bad, and that was a bad call by me, maybe. Um, I mean, it's still only halfway through the season, and it's only, what, his second year in the league, so uh, he might still turn out to be a really good player, but it, he's not playing like he did uh, in the playoffs last year, obviously. And then... Toronto has Kawhi and and, uh, and Lowry, and then uh, you know Siakam looks like not a superstar, but a really good player. And then the Bucks, you know, with Giannis. I mean, Giannis is just so good; he can make up for all that. I love Oladipo, but he's not on that level. So I agree with you, Shane. Um, you know, their future doesn't look as good as any of these teams. I, I was kind of referring to this year, though. I mean, they're playing as well as any of those those teams, and it's interesting. I don't think we mentioned Nate McMillan, or maybe we did, but. I think he's going to get a lot of – he'll be in the talks for Coach of the Year, especially if they can stay as the three-seed or even move up. But it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's the, that group of five teams in the East are kind of separated themselves. We, we talked about the four, um, and then the Pacers are in it. So, um, yeah, he definitely deserves some consideration. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the East playoffs is going to be very interesting because, I mean, if you ask people right now – you know, experts, whatever, who's going to come out of the East. You're going to, you might get five, four, four or five different answers. It's like, it's very hard to, mm-hmm. to say right now. I mean, I think most people probably would have leaned Celtics before the year started, but they're 28 and 18 and just all the stuff that we talked about at the beginning of the podcast with Kyrie and just like, it's not, it's not meshing. I mean, there's time for that to happen, but as of right now, I mean, I, I don't know who I would say is coming out of the East. It's tough. I would say what do you I would say gotta gotta imagine tier one. You gotta think is are the Bucks Raptors, right? And then after that, maybe you're coming in these other teams that have shown a little bit more weakness, like the Celtics and the Sixers and the and, and the Pacers. But the Bucks Raptors, I mean, I think they they've even se- separated themselves amongst the other teams. So you think if the playoffs started today, the Celtics aren't coming out of the East? Is that what you're saying? No. No way. They've been no playing way. the Sixers in the first round. That's, that's three tough series for them to, to make the finals. That's true. Um, I'd have to say the Raptors. I'd have to say the Raptors. I would, I would, I would give them the edge. But, uh, I mean, you, I would feel, feel just as comfortable saying the Bucks. Yeah, the Bucks differential is 10 right now, which is kind of absurd. It's the highest <laughs> in the league, and it's not particularly close. Um, just because so we're talking about this, uh, I'd like to just go over to the West real quick. And, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, all this Warriors not getting to the final stuff is complete nonsense. And this is not just because Boogie just returned. I don't care what was going on with them before. And they're the one seed right now in the West. I just don't understand how anyone thinks anyone's going to come close because even as good as Harden's playing, Houston does not look as good as they did last year. Um, and they, they still might be the closest to a team that can beat the Warriors. I, don't, I, I think the Warriors get out of the West easily, more easily than last year. What do you guys think? I would say if anybody else has a chance, it's OKC. Um, I don't think they will. I, I think Golden State gets out there, obviously, but the only team I would give a chance to right now is OKC. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Uh, like OKC just gives them matchups that could give the, the Warriors a little bit of trouble. Like George can, you know, guard Durant just as well as anybody, and, and Westbrook and Curry always go at it. So. Um, you know, obviously I, I think smart money would be on the Warriors, but, um, you know, I'd like to see the odds when like the playoffs come on the Thunder making the finals, because I mean, they're not as top heavy, but they have some, some stars. So, 
Um, I, I don't see anybody else. Like you said, I don't think the Rockets have the firepower this year, but um, I think it's a two-team race in the West. I would agree. Um, I, I like OKC. Like just exactly like you said, they can D up, and that and that's that's the one thing that'll give you at least a fighting chance against against Golden State. But no, it, I mean the West is. Um, I mean, this is the first year where we're actually in, in a while where we where the East actually looks looks comparable to the West, right? I mean, um, and the difference between Golden State's net rating and the next team in the West is just as high as the Bucks and the next team in the East. I mean, the Bucks are at a ten, and and Boston's at a six, and then Golden State's at a you know almost an eight, and looks like OKC's at a five. Um, so it, it's right about there. I I, I mean. If if the if Milwaukee Bucks had another superstar, I think we'd be we'd be in the uh, we'd be in the realm of you know it looks like they're they're a shoe in for the finals. It looks like we're a shoe in for Golden State uh, Milwaukee finals. But you know with the lack of superstar power is the only thing that I think makes it makes the East a little bit more competitive. You don't consider Thon Make- Maker a second superstar? <laughs> <laughs> no, Malcolm Brogdon. But he's oh, I was gonna say, uh, yeah, he's got everything Brogdon up. I mean, he's not a superstar, but I do love Middleton's game. He's got like kind of a blend of like an old man's game, but he's actually like somewhat athletic and can shoot. Like, yeah, I just love watching him. He's, he's mm. such an interesting player. Middleton, Brogdon, Bledsoe. I'll take. I mean, as a Sixers fan, get, take any one of them. Whatever one, <laughs> yeah. you, whatever one you don't want. And I think the Pacers have three or four guards down there that I, I'll, I'll just take whatever one that they don't they, they like the least as well. Corey Joseph, like that. You love Corey Joseph. Corey Joseph can D up and he can shoot the three. Yeah, you got a good his, like, uh, former Spurs. Um, kind of like Mark Holtz. Okay, yep, that's a perfect transition, Kev. That's where I was going. It's been all fun and games on this pod so far, uh, outside of being embarrassed uh, about some of the predictions we made. But now we got to talk Sixers. Um, there's so many different directions to go here. Uh, we'll, we'll hold off on Markel for a little bit, but the overall panic of Sixers fans and then that coupled with people wanting to trade Ben Simmons. I mean, am I out of my mind? Like these people are crazy, right? Yeah. I, <laughs> there's, I, I don't know why you would trade Ben Simmons. It's the dumbest conversation that anybody could even suggest. These are the type of things that ruin teams, right? It's like when, you know, they're, they're, they're not performing as, as, as well as the demanding fans were um, expecting, but they were probably expecting a little too much. I mean, given their record and, and, and how the offense has actually improved with Butler in, this is the best offense we've had since Allen Iverson. Um, so I, I don't really think, one, we probably weren't expecting the, the right immediate result. Um, but everybody, you know, this is how teams, this is how teams get ruined, right? People start blaming things a little bit too early. We really needs to, uh, pump the brakes a little bit. We need to, you know, take care of the, you know, more the quicker, easier, more simpler problems. Yeah. I mean, I, you, you can't trade him. He's awesome, but I, I do worry long-term, like, you know, the Jimmy, I, I joked that Jimmy and Ben were going to fight when, when Jimmy first came over, I was a little scared about that. Um, it just seems like those top three guys just don't love each other. And hopefully that's something they can work out over time. It's just, you know, I don't like the vibes coming from them. Certainly don't like Kendall Jenner at all the games. Um, that doesn't help the case, but, um, you know, I, I do think that Sixers fans are, are being a little overzealous in their criticisms of the team. Like they're 30 and 17. That's really good. Like, I mean, how much more can you ask for? Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes as the season goes on. 
Yeah. Did anybody else think that Simmons was going to pull up and shoot that three last night? <laughs> I definitely did. Um, and I wish he did. That's, I was honestly thinking like, I, it's tough. Like, do you have him in a game in that situation? Like if you're going to have him bring the ball up, I, if he's not a threat to shoot with four seconds left, I, I would have given it to Jimmy and have him try to go the length of the floor. I don't know. It was just that last possession stunk, but I mean, props to Paul George on that four point play. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the I, I I thought for some reason I don't I don't I don't know I've, he's never done it before and for some reason I, I we were all watching it and we were like shoot no that that doesn't happen that's a great call Cap if uh, he shot his first three and made a buzzer beater to win the game <laughs> that that would squash all the trade rumors right there and yeah. be like Ben Simmons can shoot now. <laughs> Yeah, I did find the, uh, I don't know if we talked about it before, but the video of uh, Ben shooting threes um, in like a, in a warm-ups and then the, they flash every time he made one, it flashed to like dunk contest reactions. I, I don't know. I just found that funny. Um, he deserves to be trolled a little bit because he doesn't shoot any and all that. But uh, Shane, I, I thought it was a good call. You mentioned the offense of the Sixers right now. They're fourth in the league in scoring. Um, their defense, I mean, leaves a lot to be desired right now, but I think you're right, Mike. I mean, at 30 and 17, I don't know how anyone can complain about the results. I mean, right now they're in contention to to still get the first seed if they can, uh, you know, start start winning at a higher clip. I mean, they're seven and three in their last ten. I just I just don't know what else you'd want. But I think the biggest conversation outside of Markel, which we'll get to in a second, is the Jimmy thing. I mean, I, I think they can make it work. I think the three of them can make it work. But it it's not gonna it's gonna take time. You can't just have add another great player, a superstar level player, and then it's all going to be, you know, happy-go-lucky to start with. It's going to be, it's going to take time for them to figure out, you know, who's going to do what, who's going to be the number one, the number two, number three, whatever, and what their roles are going to be. But I think these three guys can figure it out. And I'm so glad we have Brett Brown as our coach because I trust him to be able to make it work. What do you guys think? And it, I mean, if, like Byrne said, if, if Paul George doesn't make that great shot last night. Like today's conversation is completely different from the media where they talk about this, the huge comeback and the great clutch plays like Embiid hitting all the free throws at the end. Uh, and then Jimmy with the steal, great call by Brett Brown double uh, on the inbounds play. And then uh, the steal by Jimmy and finish to take the lead in the game that they were down by what 17 in the first half. But yeah, I mean, I, I think the same thing. I mean, the one thing, you know, we, we say it takes time for these superstars to mesh, but you know, we are, involving Jimmy, who's like a, obviously a kind of tainted past in, in these team building exercises. And then, you know, I think Simmons is, you know, and probably rightfully so doesn't get the, um, you know, he's probably a little annoyed that he doesn't get his, his billing as a superstar player here because Philly just loves Embiid so much. So, um, we'll have to see if, if some of those guys can put their egos aside a little bit. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm hopeful that, that it'll work out, but you know, you couldn't see it going south for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the concerns are, the concerns are there, but, um, we just take a little bit of time. Um, long-term, I think, I think right now, if we're looking at it, the, the Ben Simmons, the, you know, the only thing that's going to give it a, 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 a basketball fit would be the Ben Simmons shot, but the ego fit, um, is, is, is there. And it's just, unfortunately, I think it's just something that it's a, it's a risk that you have to take in today's NBA. Um, you know, Golden State, Golden State does it too, right? But they're about to be, you know, they, they might, their team next year might look very different at the expense of, you know, personality. So, um, can it work? Yeah. Will it work? Hopeful, but hard to tell. 
Yeah, and I think, I mean, for me, if if we only take two guys, it, it's got to be Ben and Joel for me. And I mean, if if for no, no other reason, I think I think both are going to be better than Jimmy is now. But also, I mean, it's the youth thing. But if if all three stay together, I think the person that doesn't make it work, honestly, is is Ben. He's the one I worry about the most because I think that Joel and Jimmy both care about winning so much that they'll they'll figure it out and try to make it work. I wonder about Ben, and I, I'm not saying he doesn't care about winning, but I don't know if that's the number one thing for him. I don't know if that's the most important thing to him. And so I think if it doesn't work, it'll, it'll be him that, that, I don't know, causes the, the trouble that doesn't make it work. You guys agree? Or? Well, I mean, it's easy to say Joel won't be the reason. I mean, he's the best one out of them already and right. uh, has the highest ceiling, um, and he's locked in for the next five years. So... Um, I mean, I guess Ben's the one I would worry about leaving the most. I mean, and probably going to LA would be my only concern down the road. Uh, yeah. I mean, um, I think the number one, I mean, if anything's going to go wrong with the superstars, you're, you probably have it right outside of a, outside of an Embiid foot injury, Ben, Ben leaving to go pursue other aspirations or, you know, or, or, or desires, like you said, you know, fame in LA, you know, that, that, that's probably aside from an Embiid injury. Yeah. Among the three, that, that, that's the one thing that might come in the, come in the way. And, and I mean, the one thing to remember about Simmons is like his hype coming into college and into the league, like he's been treated like the next LeBron since he was in high school. And that matters. Like his ego is probably a little pumped up and, you know, he deserves it to, to have a big ego because he'd be awesome. But like he's definitely, he definitely was not expecting when he came in the league to be a second fiddle to Joel and not getting that attention. So you could definitely see him doing something like Kyrie, you know, where Kyrie wants to go have his own team. And, you know, I wouldn't blame him for that. Like we want as fans for people to be like, Oh, it's about the team. It's about the team. But this guy's his whole life has people telling him he's the next LeBron and he's not fulfilling that on the Sixers, even though he's, he's been a great young star. So, um, so we'll see. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, all right, we've avoided it long enough. We got to talk about Markel, guys. I'm sorry. Um, don't make us. I, I don't even know what to make of the situation. I will say this. I'm a lot more patient. I, I, the feeling I get anyway from Sixers fans is I'm, I'm way more patient than everybody else. I feel like we've, we've, like I've said many times, we've waited before and it's worked out. So I'm willing to wait still because, again, we're 30 and 17 um, we look like one of the better teams in the East. The future's bright, even though we just talked about some of the problems we might run into. But as of right now, it, it looks okay. Um, it looks it looks great, actually, um, even if Markel doesn't pan out. So I'm willing to wait to see what goes on with all of this. And I, I still have patience. I'm not frustrated at all. It'd be different if we were 500 and really needed him. Um, but I, I just, I'm willing to wait. What about you guys? I just want to know things <laughs> like why can't they just tell me what's going on? Um, I mean, it was good to see him with the team last night. Um, he got off the bench. and was pretty excited uh, when Jimmy hit that bucket. So uh, at least he's a little engaged and showing emotion for once. That's, which is very rare for Markel. And uh, I mean, I'm fine with him not playing this year. Uh, if, if he comes back and is healthy next year, that's fine. Like, can't we just take like freshman year Markel on this team? Like, even that would be very good. Like, just no progression from there. Just give me freshman year Markel. That was my next question. I mean, how long are you willing to wait? I mean, you're saying you're patient. Are we talking 
the length of his rookie contract? Are you talking uh, till the end of the season, um, till a better offer comes up? Well, I mean, obviously, if a, if a good offer comes up, then you take it. But no, I'm I'm very patient. I'm willing to wait till the end of this year. I mean, if this is still What's a good offer, something going on at the end of at the start of next season, then that's something I don't know what a good offer is. And I think some of the offers I've seen, I would not take because I still believe that Markel has a a shitload of potential. Um, Mm -hmm. especially if he can figure out how to shoot. And I think he, I think he can because he's just so talented. Um, and he's young, he's got time to figure that, that out. But because of the potential, I think he has still, even though he hasn't played, I would not give him up unless I, I got a lot for him. And again, I'm willing to get burned because we have a, we have a, a lot of assets. I'm, I'm not, I'm just not in a rush. Yeah. I mean, I, I personally, I'm a little hesitant that he has a, a saying he has a shit ton of, of potential. You know, I, I think that these last couple of years have turned me off a little bit to the idea of him being like a star and he has like all this potential. I think he has potential to be a serviceable player. Like he could be a starter on a good team. Um, I don't know if he can be one of the better players on a team, but uh, you know, I agree. I just don't think we're going to get any value from him in a trade. So we might as well wait it out and, and hope he comes back and, and, and can make some, some contributions. It'll be interesting though. Like it seems like this year is going to be kind of a lost year for him. Um, like after next year, that's the only year he's guaranteed a contract, um, you know, through 2020. Um, and then we have a team option. So it's going to be interesting. Um, the team options for like 12 or $13 million for the, uh, 2020, 2021 season. So it'll be interesting. Like if he has another year next year where he's just kind of like a, you know, an okay contributor, if, if we end up picking up his option, cause it's a decent amount of money. I don't know if we're ever going to get to the point of picking up his option. Um, I mean, he's owed about $10 million next year. Yep. Um, I think it was eight, 10. And then the last year would be a $12 million option. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 you know, obviously right now, I mean, nobody, I don't even think even the, even the most WIP callers of Philadelphia fans don't think that we're going to be golden state this year. Um, but there, there is no excuse for next year. You know, um, can a champ, can you be a legitimate championship contender, um, and take a chance that you're going to have a $10 million, uh, a $10 million albatross that, that, that doesn't give you any contribution contract and any minutes. I'm going to say no. You know, if, if we want to be a contender next year, um, he either has to contribute or not. He, he can't be on the roster next year as is. Are we talking about Amir Johnson or are we talking about <laughs> <laughs> my man? What happened to my guy? <laughs> he's, he's, what's he getting this year? $11 million. <laughs> No, that was last year. He's on a better. Oh, that was last year. Okay. He's a veteran minimum this year, but he he is he's cooked. He's <laughs> get them checks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because that's why the Sixers kind of need big man depth because he doesn't play at all, and Muscala and Bolden are really the only depth they have right now. Yeah, Muscala's been a little bit of a disappointment for me this year too. Uh, yeah, he's not shooting as well as I thought he would. Yeah, yeah, he's a little bit flimsier on defense than I'd like, and. And that's why I think we've been we've been grasping on a Bolden so much lately, just because we have a big who's going to come in, he's going to stay grounded, he's going to stay in front of people, and he's going to defend. And that and it's really nice to have when when Joel's not on the court. I know this is a big off season. Uh, this is off topic a little bit for the Phillies, but as far as uh, like off seasons and for the Philly franchises, I mean, is this one? This has got to be one of the biggest. This one coming up for the Sixers in a long time in Philly sports history, right? I mean, they have to get a couple solid role players if, if what you're saying Shane they're going to be a contender leaving Markel out of it for a second let's just pretend he's gone or 
just forget about them for a second. They have to add two at least, right, role, solid role players if we're actually going to try to win a championship next year, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, they're going to have around $20 million in space um, after you, you take into account Jimmy Butler's cap hold. Um, so, you know, $20 million can get you two bench players. Um, you, if, you, if you find a place for Markel or a place for his salary at the very least, um, then you're looking at three, you know, you're looking at, you know, two, two bench players or players of like a JJ Reddick caliber that, you know, that, that will really, you know, it, it, granted they're the right pieces. They, that's what takes a team with three stars, um, to a team like the Toronto Raptors where, you know, you can just plug anybody in on any given night and you're just running. And it's going to be like the end of the end of the year last year when you guys like Bellinelli and Ilya Soba for, you know, for as limited as they were, they were exactly what you wanted to do. Um, so yeah, we, we need those guys. And, and even this year, you know, the, it's going to be interesting to see what teams actually become buyers and sellers. And I think we've been talking about that, you know, me, you and Kevin have been talking about that for the last couple of weeks. It's like, there's, there's about 12 teams in the NBA that have no idea what they're doing. Um, so it's going to be interesting. The next three weeks are, you know, next three weeks could be either really boring or, or really, really interesting. Yeah. And I, I think I'm leaning that it's going to be really interesting. Um, Let's just go into that right now, which is the the trade rumors we're hearing and what we think might happen. And then I know after that, Kev has some hypothetical trades for us. Um, and, and maybe you guys have some as well. Uh, I think it's hilarious that we're still talking about Carmelo Anthony and the fact that, you know, he might get traded somewhere at this point. Uh, it's just insane. Um, who Who's going to trade for him? No one, right? Not the Sixers, hopefully. That would be, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, at this point, Melo can't play defense. He wasn't shooting well in the Rockets. Um, I mean, I just found out yesterday by a Woj tweet that he's still technically a Rocket or they own his rights. I don't know. But, yeah, um, yeah it, I don't think he'll go anywhere. I think he might be done in the NBA, go to China, hang out with Joe Gunnerman. <laughs> Burn, Burn, did you know that Carmelo Anthony wasn't uh, – wasn't a free agent and he was still technically a Houston Rocket. I mean, I know me and Kev, I'm not sure about Bill, but I mean, we were pretty convinced that he was just a free agent. When Dude, we, I totally thought he was a free agent. <laughs> that's crazy. I, I mean, that's that just shows how far he's fallen, right? Like, we don't even know that he's on an NBA roster and that somebody owns his rights. Like, that's brutal. Yeah, no, I, I heard someone say something interesting. I forget what I was listening to, but um, it, it's so interesting. Like, obviously, he has no trade value in it. What's crazy is if he had been on a team at some point in his career that won a championship, he would actually be sought after because you could put, he would have this label of, you know, vet who's been there, won a championship, can help your team. Someone who's a contender might even just put him on the bench. I feel like that, that little thing, just ha- having him won it, like if he had won a championship would change his value so much. I think that's true. Um, Did he ever make the conference finals? I'm going to say no. He might have had to be a completely player, completely different player entirely in order for that to happen. You, what do so, you mean? For, for those label to change? What if you won a championship? For him to win, have won an NBA Oh, title. I see. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's probably true. I mean, not being lazy for most of his prime would have helped. Um, we can also talk, I mean, we, we talked about this earlier, Mark Gasol, Mike Conley. I mean, my thing is who, again, who's going to trade for these guys? No one, right? They're getting paid too Nobody. much. Well, that's the thing. The guard, Gasol, we said he's got that player option next year. I mean, uh, if, 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 if he's going to go anywhere, you've got to imagine that it's to buy, get bought out this year by the Grizzlies 
and then sign maybe like, um, you know, be free this summer to sign a, a two year 30, you know, off, you know, he, cause he's probably not going to get that thing to that, you know, dollar number in one year, no. but, but he is still very effective. So if he resigns this summer, as opposed to next, he might be able to get, you know, three years, 15 a year from somebody and also get that $25 million buyout from, from the Grizzlies. He's going to the Spurs. That makes so much sense. I mean, does that I, that sounds that sounds exactly like what's going to happen? <laughs> um, I mean, Conley will probably be in San Antonio together after their contracts are up. That that sounds right. Now Conley's a little bit different. Conley there has, I think, you owe him ninety million dollars over the next three years. Um, yeah, which you know he's still a very effective player, but. I think that's got to be that's got to be the right situation. I don't I don't know anybody in the NBA right now who would particularly um, covet uh, three more years of Mike Conley at thirty million dollars a year. No, I mean he the contract was bad when he signed it. Everyone reacted the same way. I don't think anyone's take was, oh, that's a good deal. I mean, for Mike Conley it was, but I mean on the other end of things. <laughs> um, uh, there's some rumors about Otto Porter. Um, than them saying that they're not interested in trading him. But that team's a dumpster fire. And this is, I think I said this at the beginning of the year, they should just get rid of everybody. I mean, it's time, it's not working, move on. And I think they seem like they're not going to do that. I'm just confused. I, I mean, they're better without John Wall, apparently, because they keep winning games. Um, I don't know, they got Dwight Howard, that hurts. Um, oh, I thought we could make it without talking about him, Kev. Come on, one of these days. Wait. Uh, okay, we'll just edit it out. Um, they, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's a that's a big contract for a guy like Otto Porter. I don't I don't think I would want that contract. Yeah, it's four. I wouldn't want million. I wouldn't want any part of that contract. They're they're one of the few teams. Like I, I will say, like I, I know we talk a lot about like all oh, these teams should tank. Like it's about winning championships. But I do think there is something said for like teams who can consistently make the playoffs. Like it's it's a business. Um, like especially some of these cities who aren't ever going to be in the running for like marquee free agents. Um, like, I don't think there's any shame in, in playing to be like a, you know, a five to an eight seed, but in the Wizards situation with John Wall's contract, like they might as well just punt until he's gone. Like they're not ever going to be able to do anything while they're sitting on that contract. Nobody's going to trade for it. They're like one of the few teams in the league that I'm like, yeah, they actually should tank. Like they don't really have another path. And not only, I mean, not only is it clear that, Otto Porter's contract. I mean, he doesn't play up to the value of his contract. He, if you remember, um, he signed as a restricted free agent and that, and the Nets put a shitload of things in that contract for the wizards and to match because they wanted Otto Porter. There's a 15% trade kicker in there, um, that has to get paid to the original team. The wizards are, um, they are not in good shape. They really have to part with a lot of assets and money. Um, just, I mean, the owner ownership in general has to part with a lot this year in order to, in order to tank because these players aren't bad players, right? Otto Porter's a good shooter. He can defend, but he's too good to tank. And, and they're, they're really in the, they're in the anti-process, uh, um, anti-process moment right now with it. They, they need to just, they need to, they need to re-strategize, find a direction to go, whether that's up or down and just, and make a beeline for it. The Nets wreaked havoc on the league for like two summers where they would just sign huge deals on restricted free agents and everybody matched. Alan Crabb, like they offered like $70 million to. Oh. Portland matched it and then they got traded to them. 
Nets. The summer of 2016, um, the Nets made like a lot of men rich, rich, rich men. Uh, yeah. Am I correct to say that that Memphis and Washington are in the have the two worst situations in the NBA right now, like going forward? I mean, I don't know. Memphis has got JJJ. I mean, Gasol is going to be out the door. I mean, look, we just talked about Conley and his contract, but like you could do worse than a $30 million contract for Conley, right? Like, I guess, (laughs) I mean, he's like an all-star player. I mean, you're paying him too much, but it's much better than somebody who's like, I mean, of course they had the Chandler Parsons thing, but I'm just thinking, I mean, I mean, I would, I think everybody in the league, like you would much rather have Mike Conley than like, you can name a bunch of guys. Like obviously John Wall's contracts, the worst in the league. I mean, they at least have a path to be a playoff team. Like I think there are worse outlooks than them. All right. So then you is it Washington? Or he Jang. Or he Jang's that game for the 15 million or two for like the next three years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Washington's had, has a whole lot of, uh, a whole lot of problems. Um, and, and, and it's gotta be, and it's, it's all, it's all down to cap flexibility, right? I think Iami Nimi has paid $17 million next year. No, not even 16. Right? Yeah. 16 next year. I mean, that is just careless. Um, uh, and I, it's gotta be the wizards. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about the West. What, right what about now. like the, what about like the Cavs? I mean, they friggin' are terrible. I mean, it, it depends how much value you, you give in terms of teams who are tanking and have a chance to hit, they have to hit the, the draft. Right? right. So, I mean like the Cavs and the bulls are awful. Like, and I'm not huge on like the bulls. Like I don't think marketing's a, a game changer. I think he's a good player. Wendell Carter's decent, but like, I just look at these teams, some, some of them at the bottom, um, that just don't have a lot of upside. Like, I don't know if I'm the Grizzlies and I can get an eight seed in a couple of years with Conley, like, is that worse than a team who has a 10% chance of, of hitting young talent? Like I, I have a tough time comparing it to If you look at it too, I guess the Conley contract a lot like the, I mean, Kevin Love, I think he signed for three more mm-hmm. years of like 25 to $30 million over there. But, but, but that seems like when that's talked about, it seems like the Kevin Love trade has a little bit more value um, mm-hmm. than a, than a hypothetical Mike Conley one. But yep. um, it's the wizards. I think that's the point of what we're all saying is the wizards look like shit. Yeah. And I, I, I hear what you're saying, Mike, and I, I don't disagree. I guess, I guess if it's me, I'd rather be tanking and have that chance versus like have 19 wins right now. Um, but yeah, I mean the Cavs, you could argue is a worse situation. Um, I'd probably take that over the wizard just because the record's worse and you have a better chance of getting a player. But again, that's just a chance. Um, but yeah, the Cavs are a disaster as well. They definitely belong in the conversation. With the Bulls, they don't have anybody that's like, okay, that person's definitely going to be a star. But they have a lot of solid, like role player type guys that are young. So I feel Levine's like, contract's bad though. True. Yes. Uh, if they can hit on somebody, um, mm-hmm. which again is you never know, uh, that could turn around uh, pretty quickly. I, I'd definitely rather be the Bulls than the Wizards. I think, but. I'd like to add the Hornets to the list too. <laughs> yeah. Kemba's coming up and if they want to keep him, whoever signs Kemba is going to be screwed for a couple of years at the end of his contract. But they have Cody Zeller. They're paying like 45 over the next three years. Nicholas Batum gets 25 next year and then a player option for 27 the year after that. Of course he's going to take that. Yeah. Right. What's going to be a worse contract in four years? Jimmy Butler or Kemba Walker? Kemba. Yeah. 
Because he's more about his athleticism, I, I think. Kevin Walker looks like he's got a lot more bounce left than, uh, than Thibodeau Knee Butler. <laughs> I mean, and, I think a player like Kemba and Iverson, like once they lose that step, they just drop off. Yeah, but I mean, the, the problem again with Jimmy is like, are you getting Minnesota Timberwolves, Jimmy? Like, I'd rather have the, you know, Kemba, who's not as good than Jimmy, who's making all this money and is begging to get traded every two seconds. So, you know, the attitude has something to do with it from a player standpoint. I agree, but you know, I, that's a concern. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a good point. That's definitely not, that definitely has a, it has to factor in at some point. The only counterpoint to the athleticism thing is, and don't get me wrong. Obviously this player is not nearly what he once was, but I think Derek Rose has proved that uh, somebody whose entire game was based off athleticism can, uh, can lose a lot of it and still be pretty effective. That's a guy that really couldn't shoot at all either. So I don't know. I mean, I, I still think Kemba's contract's worse, but um, Vince Carter. too. Yeah. Well, Vince Carter, I mean, Vince Carter is still pretty freaking athletic. It's it's unbelievable. (laughs) He's an anomaly. (laughs) Yeah. And the last thing I'll mention with the bad situation is, I mean, the magic, like, they don't really have a, I mean, they've been terrible. They're not going to get a great draft pick this year. Cause they're kind of middle of the pack and like their young talent, like Jonathan Isaac is, you know, I liked him coming out of the draft. He hasn't shown a ton. He'll be good, but not a star. Aaron Gordon's making a lot of money. Um, they all I play mean, in the same position too. Yeah. Right. And, the, and they're going to get, they're going to have to decide whether to pay Vucevic a ton of money this year when his contract's up. So like they do not have an env- enviable situation either. Yeah, I I agree. It's kind of like the Bulls, but worse because they have a better record. They have uh, yeah. they have a lot of young, solid players. But if you're yeah, not, if you're not you know, a team that has nine or ten wins right now, you don't have that much that high of a chance. You still could, but it's very unlikely that you're going to hit on a superstar in this draft or the next one. So, I have a hypothetical trade uh, if if we, if we want to transition from uh, yeah, let's do it from from Vucevic. Um, how about Vucevic? Um, how about Orlando trades a protected first round pick and Vucevic for to the Boston Celtics this year for Gordon Hayward? Wow, I'm trying to so, think of who says no there. I mean, yeah, it gets it gets Hayward out of, out of Boston. Uh, it gets the Hayward money off of Boston, and that's kind of the place that. And, and I heard someone say, you know, exactly this. They were like, you know, if if there's going to be a place where Gordon Hayward has to stay, it's got to be a place where he gets traded and like he can't leave, right? Because that's just like the player he is. Orlando, right? They need a wing um, if they want to. But, you know, you, and, and they're probably not giving up all their draft stock this year just by adding Gordon Hayward. So. How protected is the pick? Yeah, how protected. We'll do top 10. Yeah, it's close. Yeah, I take that trade. I think, I think both take it. I, I do too. That's a good one, man. Yeah, that that's was a good, good one. one. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, especially with Horford's health. You know, he's been kind of in and out of lineups. So they could really use. Yeah, exactly. He also has a player option next year. Um, yeah. That, you know, I, I think everybody anticipates him taking, but let's, I mean, we anticipate in this league. We assume something in this league. And next thing you know, Kevin Durant's on the Warriors. And that's what happens. <laughs> no, that was a good one, Shane. I think, I think, yeah. And then, you know, the magic get what they could sell to fans as a star, you know, that's what they're going to do. Right. And, and, you know, Hayward could come back and be, you know, that could trade the Celtics could look back on that trade and be like, damn it. We missed out. Like if he makes a return, like Paul George did, not that he'll get to Paul George's level, but if he gets back to where he was in the jazz, but yeah, I think both teams say yes. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, but even if he does, like again, there's you always have the one ball situation, right? And yeah, even if Hayward Hayward being that good might even be like that that good of a thing. Maybe you'd rather have someone like uh, Vucevic who can like rebound and you know stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I don't know. I think that's a, yeah. that was a good one, Kev. I know you have some. He gives him B problems too, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, the one I had, we'll stick with Orlando, um, trading with Dallas. So Orlando would get Dennis Smith and Dallas gets DJ Augustine and a 2020, uh, first round pick from Orlando. Man, this one puts, let's say that they do the trade that, wait, so what, what draft pick did they get from Orlando? 2020? 2020, yeah. First round? First round, unprotected. Yeah, see, that's the problem. So they couldn't do both trades, but if they figured out a way to do both trades, uh, they could end up with Dennis Smith and Gordon Hayward. That that's looking pretty good. Um, but if I'm if I'm Dallas, I don't think I do that. It's unprotected. Unprotected, yeah. Yeah, I'm still not sure. I, so you know, personally, if, if I was the Magic, I wouldn't take that. I mean, I, I'm not super high on Dennis Smith and offering an unprotected first rounder for the Magic, who have the potential to have the number one pick in 2020. Like if if things don't shake out right. Um, I mean, I wouldn't take that from their side, um, from the Mavs side. I mean, I don't think there's much of a downside. I just don't think Smith and, and Doncic can, can coexist. I would actually, I saw that when, when Kev showed us this trade, you know, I think that, um, Dallas would be better served in when they're trading Dennis Smith, trying to get Aaron Gordon. Um, I could see the magic parting with Aaron Gordon because they, you know, they have, um, you know, it's Jonathan Isaac at the same kind of position. And I just love the idea of Doncic throwing alley-oops to Aaron Gordon. Like Gordon would be a great, like second playmaker with him too. Um, and I mean, just the, the, the fast paced game would be, would be awesome with those two. I, I don't know what the Mavs would have to include to get it. Cause I don't think that, you know, Dennis Smith would be enough. So they'd have to throw some, I mean, they'd throw in like Wes Matthews expiring and, you know, maybe like a, a pick, but, um, you know, I just, I just love the idea. Of, I want free Aaron Gordon. Like, I, I hate that he's on the Magic. He's awesome. I, I just him and Dodger would be so fun to watch. I, I, if I'm so, let's see, Kev, that the original trade, I think I would do it. I think it would be a good trade for both parties. If, if I think I said it earlier, like I'd probably throw a little bit of protection on that pick, and then, and then maybe go through with it. Um, or if you want to come at, if you want to start with the Dennis Smith and then Aaron Gordon, then like you said, you throw another pick in there because. Orlando is going to want a little bit more than Dennis Smith, but like someone like Aaron Gordon. Um, but I don't think you're too far off. So another pick. And then, like you said, Wes Matthews, I think Harrison Barnes has some, has some tradable contracts. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and if we're thinking Mark Cuban, he's, I mean, he'll, he'll get his hands on, you know, he'd love to get his hands on Aaron Gordon. Um, he, you know, he's the kind of guy, he just wants to make a run for the playoffs and then just see what happens, which, Hey, you know, it, it's, it's worked for him for the last 12 years. So, well, yeah, and I, the only reason I brought up Gordon is just because, you know, I knew I just got paid, but he's making a lot of money. It's like, I think it's like $85 million over the next four years. So if the Magic think that him and Isaac, you know, need to play the same position and they think Isaac's comparable, like Isaac's just got a much cheaper contract. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I could I could see them moving him. Yeah. He needs to hit the gym, Isaac. And yeah, he, for sure. And if he's going to play that stretch four, I mean, he's going to have to be able to bang down low. Yeah, I like both both those trades are pretty interesting. They should those two teams should get on the phone with each other. I think we can all agree on that. Mm-hmm. Aaron Gordon's contract actually goes down, which is interesting. So he gets paid twenty one and a half this year, then nineteen point eight, then eighteen, then sixteen point four. 
So that's a great contract to trade for. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, you can like you can reverse it. Um, which it's, it's weird. I, I don't I don't understand why Orlando wanted to reverse the tax that particular year. Maybe they have some big plans for free agency uh, in Aaron Gordon's Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess if they want to keep their books open, but I don't know who. <laughs> maybe they're saving money for uh, Gordon Hayward. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go to another trade. Um, We'll go to easy one, one for one. Chicago gets TJ Leaf, and Indiana gets Bobby Portis. Yeah, um, Bobby, Bobby Portis has an expiring contract, and obviously TJ Leaf still on a rookie deal. Yeah, I don't want TJ Leaf, so I don't do it. <laughs> um, I'm doing it because I don't think that I don't think Chicago is going to pay Bobby Portis, um, and why not? Right, he's expiring. I'm pretty sure or he's going to be yeah. restricted and then they would have to match him. I don't think, I think, and there's been a lot of turmoil in Chicago with Bobby Portis. I think he started to fight with like two or three different teammates. So I think Bobby Portis is probably out anyway. Um, maybe TJ Leaf, maybe like a future second, uh, spice it up in there or something. Not sure, but I would do it. Yeah. I like that trade. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, both sides would, you know, end up with not regretting that trade. Um, I will say, like, Portis, and I've always been a huge Bobby Portis fan, especially when he punched Miritich in the face. Um, but, like, I just don't know. I don't know where the minutes he's going to get are with the, the Pacers' big rotation. Like, they got Turner, Sabonis, and Thad Young, who all need minutes. Um, now, it doesn't hurt to have some depth, um, you know, especially come playoff time. Um, I think that trade would be awesome if, like, one of those big guys from, from the Pacers gets like banged up or, or gets hurt in the next few weeks, then I think that would make a ton of sense for both sides. Got anything, Bill? <laughs> no, I just wouldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> from, from which side, like from both sides, you wouldn't do it or you just wouldn't. If I'm getting Bobby Portis, I do it, but I'm, I, if I'm getting TJ leaf, I don't do it. <laughs> but if you're not planning on, given Portis any money because they got Wendell Carter and marketing around the same positions. Like you might as well just take a free, you know, young guy. TJ, I mean, TJ Leaf might be the push you need in order to out tank Phoenix or Cleveland. Yeah. I mean, point. for tanking purposes, possibly. Um, well, the bottom four all have the same percentages, don't they? Well, I guess um, when it comes down to it, yeah. yeah, well, but then like, I guess if, at the end of the day, like the, the worst team, if get, they get jumped, they're going to end at two or whatever. So, right. Yeah. yeah I mean, different. there's, I think there's still a threshold. So they, I mean, there could be easily be a situation where they're right outside of that. I think top three get the same. Bill just wants no part of anything involving <laughs> JJ Lee. It's hilarious. <laughs> All right. Well, fine, Bill. We'll move on. <laughs> uh, we got a three way trade here involving our Sixers. Uh, Sixers get Noah Vonley from the Knicks. The Knicks get Josh Jackson from the Suns. And then the Suns get Emmanuel Moutier, the 2019 Bulls second round pick from that's from the Sixers. And then the 2020 Hornets second round pick from the Knicks. Um, yeah. So if I'm the Knicks, I do this. Uh, who is the third team? The Suns. Yeah. The, if I'm the Suns, the Suns. I think I do it. If I'm the Sixers. What are we giving up? A second and getting two seconds. One second. Just the just the Bulls second round pick this year, and which is probably going to be like thirty-two. Yeah, you get Vonley. 
Yeah, I think I think uh, if I'm any of those teams, I do it. I would also do it. Um, I think the Sixers. I think well, that Bulls pick is going to be high, right? That's going to be you know theoretically in the mid to late thirties. Um, early thirties, probably. That's on that. Uh, oh yeah, well, if they're top three, yeah, early to mid thirties. Um, so that's going to be a good pick. If the Sixers can't, if the Sixers are shopping around that Bulls pick and can't find any better bench help, I think Noah Vonley is a good a good return for that pick. I, I, I would. I'm going to say on the surface, I'd do that too. Yeah, I think from my side, you know, if I'm the Sixers, I'd do it because I think a second rounder for Vonley is good value. Um, I think the Knicks would be would be very smart to do it. I, I don't know from Phoenix side. I know they need a point guard. I, I've never really liked Moutier's game. So, um, like, if I were Phoenix, I would personally probably try to try to find something else for Josh Jackson and. You know, I don't, I don't know how much better they could do. I just, I'm personally just not a fan of Moutier's game. Um, he would fit decently next to um, Booker because, you know, Moutier is a little more athletic and a little better at defense. But um, I, I think that would be my holdup. If they like him, then I think it's a good trade for, for all sides. But, um, like, I, I don't put a ton of stock in those second rounders. So uh, you wouldn't do Josh Jackson straight up for two seconds, basically what you're saying. Like, that, that's mm-hmm. just... I, I think that's selling low. I mean, I, okay. I just I just think he's he has potential still to be a, a pretty decent role player on a good team, and um, especially with the Suns who are like so young, like they just don't. I don't think they really need more second rounders. Like they have a lot of good young players. Um, so I mean, that, that's my only hold up there. I just want to get Josh Jackson out of that wing. I, I totally agree. Yeah, he needs to get off that team. And then they just traded for Ubre, adding more depth to them. They got Bridges there. Well, TJ Warren is just filled with wings in Phoenix. Hard to get some time playing time. It seems like they always are loaded up too much at one spot. Like, didn't they have like a million point guards like two years ago? <laughs> yeah. It's just like. And now they don't, they don't have any. Yeah, it's crazy. No, but I do like that kind con- like they should be looking to trade Jackson for, for a point guard. It just, you know, has to be the right one. Yeah, I mean, back when they had the three point guards, they kept the worst one. They traded Drogic and Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> yeah, kept Knight. It was Knight, right? Yeah, Brandon Knight. Yeah. They kept. No, I, I don't even know where he's at. Maybe Houston. And Eric Bledsoe, who end up not, who then did not play for a couple months and then kind of forced his way to Milwaukee. Yeah, that's right. Um, is, uh, yeah, he, Rockets, he didn't. Yeah. He didn't want to be there. <laughs> wasn't that wasn't that the tweet he sent out? I don't. I don't want to be here. Yeah, yeah. yeah but then he claimed he was at. Was it a nail salon? Yeah, something. Yeah, that's what he said. He said something ridiculous. <laughs> All right, that's enough Suns talk for like a whole year. <laughs> yeah. Um, go to we'll go to another Sixers one. The Sixers get Jamichael Green from Memphis, and they send the 2019 Kings pick and the 2021 Nuggets second round pick. The, yeah, the Kings second round and then 2021 Nuggets second round. Um, so two seconds for Jamichael Green. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. Um That's tough. That's a lot. Uh The Sixers have six picks in the 2021 draft right now. They have two first rounders, there's in the Heats, and then they have four second rounders. Yeah, I mean I I get that they have a lot and they probably need to get rid of some for something back, but two seconds for him. I'm on the fence. I I, I honestly don't know. Um I I probably say yes. What do you guys think? Uh, so how much is he getting paid? Uh, 7.8. And it's expiring. It's expiring. So it'd be two, 
two full seconds for expiring Jermichael Green. You got to imagine he did kind of pop this year. This year he, um, this year he's playing a little bit better defensively, and um, and he looks like he's shooting from. I mean, I just looked it up because I, I wasn't I wasn't too sure how he was stroking it this year, but it says forty percent on two and a half attempts a game. Yeah, um, which is good. So I don't I don't I'm not, I'm not necessarily I don't have a problem with the price. Um, I have a problem with the expiring. I, I, I don't think that I think he's probably going to get paid. You know, Too probably a, a, we have probably double that um, next year. And I'm I'm not unless the Sixers are definitely sure that they want Michael Green to be you know a 25 minute a game guy for the future at 15 million dollars a year. Um, I, I I think I'm going to back away, which sucks because we really need Michael Green. But um, you gotta you gotta you can't mortgage the you can't you can't do you know death by a thousand cuts moves like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of echo some of the same thoughts. Um, you know, I think part of it depends on, like, how much the Sixers think they're going to compete this year. Like, if you think, because personally, I don't think if they trade for him, they're going to resign him. I just don't think they have the budget for, for him. So, you know, if, if they really believe this year that they could win the championship, which, like, I think they have a reasonable shot, right? They could come out of the East and then, you know, I don't love our chances against the Warriors, but we're talking about like there is a chance the Thunder beat the Warriors, and we always play tight with the Thunder, so like we have a chance at winning it. So, um, you know, I would definitely want them to explore some options where they get a guy who might be under contract for like two to three, maybe even two years, because I think next year is the year that we're really going to be competing. But uh, you know, I don't mind that trade. And then for Memphis's side, I think you know any picks you can get really for for an expiring, you take. At the end of this 12 game run, I think we might be able to answer that question more appropriately, mm. right? Like, yeah. um, you know, the Sixers still have their mid level exception, which not a lot of teams do. So you got to imagine we're going to be in the running for a good buyout candidate. Um, but if we, if we go 10 and, you know, eight and two over these next 10 games, um, I, ask me then, Kevin. I think, I think, I think I'm giving you two, I think I'm giving you two seconds for Michael Green. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, they got a tough stretch coming here. So it'll be, very testing to see how this team does. And uh, if it doesn't uh, go great, we might see those three stars even get in their faces even more. And we could just throw those two second rounders and get mellow. Oh yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Is he signed to technically, is he technically on like on the books for his old, his old contract value or did he resign or or the, or the Hawks pay uh, the, Lion share of that money. Yeah. No idea. The Hawks are paying him. Yeah. The Hawks are paying him. Yeah. So solid. So he might even might even find a way to get paid by another team this year. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be his fourth team in the last twelve months, or not even that. But yeah, he's getting paid twenty five and a half from the Hawks on the Hawks payroll right now, and then another five or you know three to five from the Rockets. Yeah. This is a guy who averaged like twenty three points two seasons ago. Crazy. Amazing to drop off. Wow. He he never averaged less than twenty one points a game, I think, in his career before last year. That's uh, amazing. Thunder. Yeah. Uh, all right, we'll go to the last one. Uh, the unmovable contract of John Wall gets sent to Charlotte, along with the twenty nineteen first round pick and a twenty twenty two first round pick, and the uh, Wizards get Kemba Walker in return. <laughs> I know we talked about this. What's Walker's contract situation? Nothing. It's expiring after this year. Yeah. So uh, he's going to get the, uh, you know, if he signs with the team that currently has him, 
and he, and he's and he's if he he would be able to sign with a five year one ninety for the Wizards. Um, yeah, John Wall gets paid forty seven million dollars in twenty twenty two. I just I just don't think you can trade for John Wall. <laughs> like I just, like I, it's it's funny because like two years I mean last year there were some rumblings about like him not being a good teammate. Like two years ago, John Wall is like getting talked about as like one of the best put not best players but like he's a top fifteen guy. And he's, he's gotta be the worst con. Like, I don't think anyone could trade for John wall and sell it to their fan base. Like how does, how do the Hornets sell that? Like it's, yeah, it's bad. If he was playing right now and he was, you know, and he was averaging, you know, 22 and 10 and, and he was lighting it up. I think you could sell it to him. Yeah. Um, although it's $50 million a year for five years, I think you can say, listen, we're Charlotte and you know, we're not this is the best we're going to do. Right. Kind of like we said about Orlando. Um, but you can't justify it now with the way he's playing. Absolutely not. Well, the the problem is it's it's too long. Like you get those two first, but it. And I, I assume that that means you're just going to start tanking. But it's so it's so long. It's thirty seven next year, then forty, then forty three, and a player option for close to forty seven in twenty twenty two, twenty twenty three. I mean, are you so, going to start tanking? I, I mean, do you have like that's the, the only I mean, reason gonna... I make this trade. Wait, oh, from what? From what? From what Charlotte. Side? Yeah, you trade away Kemba Walker. You're going to suck, right? And because John Wall's not even yeah. playing, and you're so. getting, yeah. and you're getting two firsts. I mean, isn't that part of the? Yep. I mean, but that's yeah. a long rebuilding process, right? That's if what I'm saying. For yeah. that many years, I like, think it's too. Long. You really, and you think I? I just don't see Michael Jordan signing up for that, right? Like. I mean, he's a super competitive guy, not a great owner, but is he just going to go for like being the worst team? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't know. And another thing to watch there is uh, wall used to be a Jordan brand client. Um, but now he's with Adidas. So I don't know if there's bad blood there where Jordan is like, screw this guy. I don't know enough about the details of John walls shoe deals, but you know, yeah. Oh. Jordan would be trading away his only successful. Draft. <laughs> yeah. Right. So uh, maybe he has his, uh, he feels close to Kemba because of that. I love Kemba. Like I wouldn't want to pay him that max deal, but like watching him play is just so like, I mean, it brings back his days. Uh, Burn, in, in we're college. tied four or four in fantasy right now going into the, going into the last <laughs> night. Uh-oh. Yeah. Well, I hope you go down. Okay. <laughs> well, that's all the trades I have for you guys, but I do have two trivia questions for you. Um, Cavs always bringing the bringing the heat. So there's two teams in the NBA that have three 20 point scores. Can you name the two teams? Three 20 point scores. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go. Well, let me think about this. Um, I mean, the first one that comes to mind is mm, Golden State. <laughs> Yeah, Golden State. Yeah, so, so Clay is Clay at twenty. Yeah, Clay is twenty. Clay, KD. Okay. Um, God. Yeah, the, the other one is a little tough because you got to think that that's with the third mind. player and average twenty points. Oh, that's brutal. I think if you were somebody else answering this question, and, and we like. And you might have said the Sixers because they have the three stars, but we, like we as friends, we, we as fans know that Ben's only scoring six in a game. Yeah. JJ is actually higher. JJ and uh, Minnesota. Jimmy. No, not Minnesota. I was thinking because no. you have the two, but Jimmy's actually not even averaging 20. Is that 19.6? 19. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
Um, oh my God. Uh, Bill, who you got? LA Clippers. I, I, I'm going, I'm looking at the screen to look at all the different teams. And not, I, I don't know. not the Clippers. Not the Clippers. Damn. I thought that was going to be a great the Lakers? call. No, I think just LeBron is 20 there. Yeah, that was a really bad call. I'm Sorry. not going to lie to The, the standings are not going to help you, Bill. No, I'm just, yeah, I'm just trying to look at all the different teams. Is it Denver? Yeah. The Nuggets. Denver doesn't have any. Jokic is now averaging 20 a game. What about, oh God, like the Blazers? Nope, just the two. I was thinking Nurkic, like, because he's come on, but he doesn't score that much. 3.24. Yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> There's only 30 teams, guys. <laughs> like I, I could probably guess 25 of them and still not get it. Boston. Nope. <laughs> who would be? I don't even know who would my guess for Boston would I mean, obviously, Kyrie is their leading scorer, but I, I don't know who their second leading scorer would be. Yeah, you're right. All right. How about. <laughs> I'm going to start oh naming gosh. teams. Jazz. Nope. This is craziness. Bulls. <laughs> the Bulls. Bulls. <laughs> the Bulls. <laughs> I like that one. How about, uh, uh, I don't know. I'm tempted to give you the answer, but this is a lot of fun just watching you guys try to figure you're out. Gonna like to you're going to have to cut about 50. Yeah, you're going to have to cut so much of this. <laughs> uh, what about, oh, uh, Pelicans. Yep, Pelicans. Julius Randle and Drew Holiday are both averaging 20. Wow. Nice. I, Who's the other guy? I, <laughs> Davis. I only thought of them because, like, I didn't know if Miritich before he got hurt, like, because he's been hurt, like, maybe That's he had, what like, I a few thought. 20. Miritich. I was going to say, I was going to say it was Holiday, Davis, and then Miritich, like, played, like, 10 games and scored 20, you know, but I'll take it. Yeah. I mean, Julius is at 20.1 and Drew's at 20.8, so just over there. Yeah, and then, well, the other one was there's eight teams that don't have a 20-point score. Eight? <laughs> eight teams? Eight teams, yeah. And we named already, them all when Hawks. we were trying to get it. <laughs> the Hawks are one. I already told you the Nets, or the Nuggets, and then I just told you the Nets by accident. So. <laughs> Bulls? Uh, no, Levine's Levine, average. Levine, yeah. yeah. Memphis? Uh, Memphis, yeah. Conley uh, is just below it, I believe. Oh, wow. Sacramento? Buddy Hill. No, Buddy's way over. Oh. Same. Uh, Jazz. Oh, by way over, I meant 20.5. <laughs> uh, no, Mitchell's, Mitchell's over. Damn. Mavericks. Uh, no. Don't, Don't chitch to that 20. 20. 20.0. Nice. 20.0. Nice. Yeah. Uh, How, I, hard, I mean, I was going to say the Rockets don't have anybody do that. <laughs> uh, I might be forgetting somebody. Is magic. The There's no way anybody in the magic. Vucevic. Clippers. Wait, did oh we name God. the third. Did we name the third team that has it? Oh, the There's Cavs. only two teams. It's only two teams. Okay. Yeah, the Cavs. Bill. The Clippers have Tobias Harris. Uh, Harris. I knew I was forgetting. Were Cavs one? The Cavs were one. Yeah. So you got the the Grizzlies, Nuggets, Nets, Cavs, and Hawks. How many more do we have? Jesus. Yeah. Three teams. The Nuggets are in second with no uh, point scores. That's crazy. My uh, yeah, the Heat. Yeah, good call. That's no. So two left. 
One is actually a playoff team. Santa, no. Um. And the other, their best player has been out the entire year. The Lakers. <laughs> no. I meant like. Oh, yeah. yeah. Did someone say Phoenix? Uh, dude, your boy Devin Booker, top five in the NBA, right? Top five scoring, yeah, of course. Uh, what is Pacers? Is Pacers at twenty? Depot is not at twenty. Wow, that's surprising. And what is that? One more? Yeah, one more. This is the team that their best player's been out all year. Sorry, I'm looking up how much Devin Booker averages per game. See how off I was. He's averaging 24.7. He's down 0.2 from last year. Oh, that's Booker. Yeah, what a bad call. Their best player has been out all year? Yeah. Oh, uh, the Nets. No, yeah. they have... They, wait, Tim Hardaway? Uh, Porzingis, yeah, yeah. Tim Hardaway uh, is at 19.5. Wow. Nice. So, yep, really? that's all I have. <laughs> Yeah, not not I a very efficient trivia game for for the No, no, no. You're here. gonna have you're gonna have to chop that one up good. When's yeah, you're gonna really gonna have to make us sound a lot smarter than that. <laughs> That's really tough to do too. So yeah, I agree. Uh, any anything else you guys want to touch on here? That's all I had. Nothing, man. Do we want to go over All Star team maybe or no? All star starters. Yeah. Oh man, I can't watch that at all. Who they should be, rather than Dwayne Wade and Derrick Rose. All right. Well, I mean, I think we can we can do it pretty easily for I mean, the West for the guards at least, right? It's yep. got to be Harden and Curry. Yep. I don't think, yep. I don't think you could argue for anybody else mm-hmm. unless yeah. And then Anthony yeah. Davis is probably Davis, and George, right? You're gonna yeah. you're gonna make you're gonna put LeBron on the bench. You gonna do that? Yeah. You gonna do that? You gonna pull LeBron on the bench? Yeah, he's a bum. He doesn't play. How soon is he? How soon is he coming back? They're so. being sketchy. Like they, every every okay. like every week they're like, oh, at least three more games. So I don't know. The, the you know, Steph's only played one more game than LeBron, right? Oh Ooh. really? Yes. Yeah. Steph's played thirty-five games. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like the disrespect of not having LeBron in the starting lineup. Like, ugh. Especially for Bill to do it too. I know. Well, he can't get in over Steph though, because it's 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 separated by guards forwards, right? Right. No, we're making this ourselves. You don't. You can do whatever you want. So there's no guard forward separation. <laughs> no, it's the five players you want to start. I was separating them because that's the same. So was I. Yeah. I'm I'm doing whatever the hell I want. I'm. Just, well, if if you don't well, separate so what, them, the conference- then it's between Steph and LeBron for the last spot, I guess. So no Jokic. No the disrespect you got to average 20 points per game to, to get in the starting lineup. Okay. Steve Nash MVP without winning. Or Don't without talk to me about Steve Nash's MVPs. <laughs> I think I would leave George off and I'd put LeBron in. Wow. I just, like I always default to like, who's better overall. Like yeah. the stats for George and Durant are like pretty close. And like, I'd give Durant the nod just because he's been there. Like, I feel like unless somebody's so clearly past somebody else, like if you're the top, like LeBron, like he hasn't played that many games, but it's not like he's been bad. So that's why I default to like him, Durant, and AD personally. Who are the best 
who would I mean? And they're the best five players in the in the conference, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go east. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Giannis, 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 Kawhi, Embiid. Giannis, Kawhi, Embiid are your forwards. Kyrie. Ben or Kemba. Basically what it comes down to, right? Uh, I think I go Kemba. Are we missing anybody? I'd probably go Kemba too. I feel like we, we're missing somebody. I'm trying to see. Are we, are we, are we forget? Are we disrespecting anyone? I mean, Blake. some people might mention Beal. I wouldn't, but. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have him in the starting lineup. Yeah, I mean, he was I'm, certainly a, he's certainly an all-star, just not. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, I think those are the. I don't think you can make my, who else would be over Kemba. That's a weak, uh, weak guard spot. I mean, I, I like both those guys, but geez. How about a better all-star question than both these? Is Luka Doncic going to make the all-star game? Yeah. He's second in yeah. voting right now. It doesn't matter. Yeah, that only counts for fifty percent. Embiid yeah. and Simmons. Embiid and Simmons were both in the top five voting as well, but they gave, they were given the risk to rookie treatment. I I, th- I think he will because what it's the five five get voted in part of that vote and then the coach picks the rest of the roster right or there's like a few spots where they pick. Yeah, and they so, pick the rest of the seven. So the fan vote is only 50% of the starting vote. Yes. And then yep. the, the remaining 50% is the players and the coach. And then the coach is the rest of the. Reserve. Gotcha. Yeah. See, I, I think the coach is going to pick Doncic just cause like you see the votes, like, you know, I, I was listening to, I think it was a, a Zach Lowe podcast. And he was saying like, you know, it's a, that weekend is like the NBA showing off, right? It's like, look at us, look at us. Like, I think if it's close, they'll put some pressure on that coach to be like, yo, we need Doncic in this game, like international appeal, all this type of stuff. So I think he'll, he'll get squeezed in there. Hoping man. I'm hoping because they did, they did Embiid and Simmons real dirty. Yeah. Both years. If Westbrook makes the big game and him and Embiid are on the same team, like what happens? <laughs> the great the, duo the to play cap- together. The captains have to make sure that doesn't happen. They're doing it live this year too, which is awesome. Yeah, it's great. You guys it's be cool. so awkward. I'm, I'm excited to see who the. I, I hope the two captains are like people who don't like each other. Uh, Bill, did you see the? You see the clip from after the game? They asked Westbrook if him. No, yeah, 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 I saw that. <laughs> I th- well, Bill hasn't been alive for like the past twelve hours, so <laughs> doesn't doesn't answer his phone. So we didn't know if you saw anything, Bill. I saw. <laughs> Um, That's so, all good. Cool. So the Sixers have three All Stars. Yeah, for sure. Especially in the East. Feels good, man. Yeah, I was just looking at that. There's so much more talent in the West. Holy shit! I think Jimmy is going to get left off. I don't. I don't know that he should, but I think he's. I don't think he's going to make it. There's, oh my god! That I hope not because that I feel like that's going to cause so much friction. It would ruin us. I don't think he's going to make it. You think it'll ruin us? I could totally see that. As stupid as that is. Who's the coach? Is it the team that made the finals last year? Or who's who's the head coach? Best record. I, think, I thought it was best record too. Okay. So we don't even know who the coach will be since both conferences are really tight. Probably Butter Nurse, and then I would assume it's going to be Kerr. I hope it's Malone. 
Me too. Like half, Maloney, half the people watching, like, who the hell is this guy? Both him and Nurse, actually. Yeah, I mean, where, where is it in Charlotte this year? So Kemba definitely, they'll want him on the starting lineup. So yeah, yeah, it's a good story. They get a player automatically or something, right? No, Not true. No, no. Not true. That's baseball. baseball. NBA don't play that shit. <laughs> baseball, every team has to have an all star, which is so yeah, dumb. That yeah. Uh, There's been those last couple of years where Phillies who have gotten in <laughs> didn't deserve at all. Um, real quick, uh, I just want to see if, if anyone's changed their mind uh, about the finals. I have Golden State over Boston in five. Um, I'm going to stick with that. I think Boston figures it out. What, what do you, you guys? What do you guys think? I'm taking Golden State and I'm switching it to Toronto. But did you have Boston before? I had Boston before and pushing to Toronto. How many games? I'll say five. Okay. Give Kawhi a game. I don't know what I wrote down, but I'm almost certain that I picked Golden State Toronto. With Golden State winning. I'm going to I'm going to double down on that. Um, and I think they're gonna probably win in five games after what I've seen from um but I seen from DeMarcus Cousins on Friday night. I thought maybe before that we had a, you know, a Steph Curry ankle injury away from away from a, someone else winning the finals. And now Boogie Cousins comes in and scores 15 points in 15 minutes and, and puts that to rest. So. Yeah, I would say I'm, I'm the same way. I think it's going to be the Warriors over the, over the Raptors. Um, you know, I was, I was playing with the idea of the Sixers. I, I don't trust the Bucks at all. And the Celtics have really burned me on my preseason prediction. So I'm, I'm just sliding away from that one. Um, you know, I, the Sixers will be interesting if they can get a buyout guy just because, I mean, I, we always think against the Celtics, but, you know, I think we could take a couple of those teams. But, um, but yeah, I think the Raptors are, you know, I, I feel pretty safe taking them. How many games? I give it six. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just, I feel like the Raptors steal one and then, you know, they win after the Warriors are up three to one. Yeah, like something like that. Um, Warriors take a night off after they pretty much lock it in here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Dream case scenario, it's Thunder versus Sixers. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. That would be be the funnest matchup for sure. Is we always play them tight, but have lost 19 straight. <laughs> it's going to be nice when, like, when when, you, when we ask each other who we think is going to win the finals, and we have no clue. Or there's actually like a debate. I was going to say yeah. that's what I was going to say. Is this the Warriors' last one? I say yes. The last one they win, or the last one they're like, it's no question. Last one they win. Last one, no question. Yeah, I agree with Shane. Wait, what? Wait, last one, no question. What do you mean? This is the last one where before the season starts, we, we automatically. So you think they might win another? Yeah. Oh, no, I don't think so. I think this is it. They're going to lose too many people. Wish I felt like you did. Well, I think Durant and Clay are both going to leave and boogie. So that's, that's it. They'll be burnt. And I've never been high on Draymond. So like if, if one of those guys leaves, I just, I, I think they're, their reigns over. But they get I've, to sign other players. <laughs> I've never been more convinced that Clay Thompson is going to stay exactly where he is. Okay. 
All right. Well, we better get out of here because I don't know. Maybe you guys are not watching, but I'm I'm still interested in watching the NFL, which is on very soon. Yep. Ten minutes out. So this has Wait, been a, a great there, pod. Are there games on today? <laughs> I thought the season was over after last week. Let's go, Andy. <laughs> yeah, I think we're all Andy Reid fans now, right? Chiefs, big big Mahomes guys. I don't care. Hey, we're still the Super Bowl champions for now, all right? So, go That's true. All right, well, thank you, Shane and Mike, for being on with us. Pleasure as always, boys. Uh, and uh, I guess we'll do another one, hopefully, sooner than the last break has been. But it, it should be heating up, especially once the NFL ends uh, and all that. So we'll see if we have three all-stars or if the whole thing implodes. Yeah, lead up. Maybe nice lead up to the playoffs podcast before. Yeah. All right. Yep. So thanks, thanks for having us. Yep. Uh, thanks for being on, guys. So for Mike and Shane and Kevin, I'm Bill. Uh, This has been the Pick and Roll Podcast, and thanks for listening.